We are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. We're still in the book of Hebrews, and we're in the fifth chapter. We've finished up on the fourth chapter in the last session. Now, I want us to look again just briefly at the latter part of this because it's talking about the present-day ministry, actually, of Jesus Christ. And verse 15 of the fourth chapter makes this statement, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and to find grace to help in time of need. Then in chapter 5, as we're beginning here, we'll find that it goes on and tells about the priestly ministry of Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father. Now, I know for years I thought that Jesus' ministry was over when he came to the earth and suffered and died and did all that he did here and delivered us, and that he just kind of went to heaven and retired. And I know that probably some of you have had the same idea, but he is in the ministry now there. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's making intercession for us. He is our high priest, the high priest of our confession. We begin here in chapter 5, For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin, who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way, for that he himself also is compassed by infirmity. Now this is speaking of the earthly priestly ministry of a man called to be a high priest, that he would be able to have compassion because he was compassed by infirmity also. And by reason hereof, he ought, as for the people, so also for himself to offer for sins. And no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. In other words, he's saying that no man just decides, this is what I'm going to do. Under the old covenant, they didn't just decide, well, you know, I believe I'll be a priest and I'll do this. He had to be ordained of God. He had to be anointed to do that. And first, he had to make sacrifice for his sins. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And we read this in some of the previous sessions where we talked about God said, This day have I begotten thee, and that he was to be his son again. Verse 6, As he saith also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication, with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, and was heard in that he feared... Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things that he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all men that obey him. Speaking of Jesus, how that he was a priest after the order of Melchizedek, and called of God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have many things to say, and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. 
when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not strong meat. Now, the Apostle Paul is saying that when they were to the point that they should be teachers and should be developed in their doctrine and understanding of the Bible to where they could teach others, they still had need to be taught and had need of milk. In other words, they were not developed in that. He goes on in verse 13, says, For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of age, even those whom by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now, Paul is stressing the fact that when they were unskilled in the word of righteousness. Now, I like that phrase, the word of righteousness. See, there are many people today that are very unskilled in the word of righteousness. It is amazing that the people that when you begin to talk about being the righteousness of God, they think you're teaching some kind of heresy or blasphemy. Who, me? Righteous? Oh, no, I'm not righteous. (laughs) I'm trying to be. Well, that may be their problem, that they're trying to be. Because you don't become righteous by just trying to be. In fact, the only way of becoming righteous is being born again. You don't get born that way the first time. When you were born into this earth, you were not born righteous. I think probably that most of you understand that by this point. Because you didn't think righteous, you didn't act righteous, you didn't do righteousness before you were born again. See, you don't just decide to be that way and become that way. It's not because of things that you actually do. It's because of receiving the Word of God, acting in faith, and being born again. 2 Corinthians 5.21, the Apostle Paul says, For he, speaking of Jesus, he was made to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now, most people, when you talk about righteousness, the first thing they say is, Oh, the Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. Well, that was true to a great degree under the Old Covenant because it was a matter of works. And they could not do all the works of the law. None of them did. But one, and that man was Jesus. But when you start talking about being the righteousness of God, most religious people kind of lift their eyebrows and think that you're just a little bit off or a lot off on your doctrine because they just don't understand how that an individual can be righteous. Well, we're righteous in Him. He sees us, God sees us through His Son. Through the present day ministry of Jesus, seated at the right hand of the Father, He looks at us through His Son. And as 1 John 1, 9 states it, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and we become the righteousness of God by being obedient to the Word of God, acting in faith, being born again, then that righteousness, which is not our righteousness, but it is the righteousness which is of Jesus Christ. In fact, I think we need to go back over to Romans, the third chapter, and bring out some of the facts that the Apostle Paul talked about here. For this actually talks about the very thing that I mentioned there in passing. 
in Romans, the third chapter, verse 10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They're all gone out of the way. They're all together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Now, you see, he goes on and talks about all these things, but come on down to verse 19. Here's where the clincher is, and this is what shares with you what the Apostle Paul is talking about. See, it's very unwise to take scriptures and just say, well, now, you know, the Apostle Paul said this, and that there's none righteous, no, not one, so you cannot be the righteousness of God because there's none righteous. Well, now, let's read on and find out what he's saying here. Verse 19, now we know that what things soever the law saith, now, see, he's quoting from the law here. He's quoting from the Old Testament. This is found in the Old Testament. Paul brings it over here to bring out a point. And the point that he's bringing out is that we are the righteousness of God. And the very point that the Apostle Paul wants to bring out and to bring into focus here, in contrast with the Old Covenant and comparing with the New Covenant, most people take it and pervert it to the other meaning that there is just none righteous today. Well, now... Notice in verse 19, we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Now, see, that's what the old covenant was for. That's what the law was all about, was to bring the people to the point that they would realize they needed supernatural help. They could not be righteous within themselves. The good works and the things that the law required of them, they were not able to perform. So when it says there is none righteous, no, not one, they're all together gone out of the way. There's none that doeth good. Well, you could just stop and <laughs> look around and tell that that's not right because Jesus did good. But you see, he's talking about under that old law and under that old covenant, talking about the things there. So that every mouth would be stopped and everyone would become guilty before God. Now, this was actually why the law came, so that the people then would know that there was need of a supernatural outside help. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Now, here he brings it out, quite evident, what he's saying. By the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all, and upon all them that believe. Now, I see there's people that would take issue with you about the righteousness of God when most of those people don't study the Bible for themselves. Most of them, all they know about the Bible is what they've heard that somebody said they thought they heard somebody say about it. They don't really know what it said. They just know that they heard quoted, there is none righteous, no, not one. <laughs> and Paul was talking about under the law, and he's bringing the contrast there. He said, but now. See, there's a difference in what is now and what was then. See, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, to show that we needed a Savior, a high priest that could operate in heaven for us. Thank you so much for joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. Now, all of this week, we have book offer number 7520. It's the book entitled, When Jesus Prays Through You, formerly entitled, Jesus, Our Intercessor. It's 131-page paperback. 
$11 plus $4 postage and handling, a total of $15. Did you know that under the old covenant, there was no intercessor? In fact, we pick up on a scripture in Ezekiel that says, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Therefore I poured out mine indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed them on their heads, saith the Lord. You know, under the old covenant, there was no intercessor. Then Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, says, Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sins of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Talking about Jesus. Jesus is our advocate. He is our paraclete. He is the one that is the consoler, the comforter, the intercessor. They did not have an intercessor. There was intercession under the old covenant, but it was through mankind. Moses made intercession for Israel. God said, I'll wipe them out and make me another people from your descendants. He said, you can't do that. He interceded on their behalf. But today we have supernatural intercession that comes by the anointing of God, by the Spirit of God, through the Holy Spirit. This book will give you great insight into that. That's offer number 7520 for a total of $15. We have a toll-free order line. 1-877-396-9400, 1-877-396-9400, 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this is Charles Caps reminding you that the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Caps. P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Caps Ministries and our listeners in this area.